Coast to coast from Brooklyn, this is Pat McMenamin to San Francisco. It's Matt Youngner. Say hello, Matty. Hey, Patty. How you doing, buddy? Eh, you know, eh, it's brown season, so that's what's going to be expected. It's down down. Uh, I, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, welcome to the Cleveland Sports Hour with Matty and Patty. We are two self-aware but unapologetic homers who spend far too much time watching, reading, and thinking about the Browns and the Cavs. And Tribe, too, but not right now. So if you like the informed, intelligent Cleveland fans' perspective, you've come to the right place. Um, Matty, uh, yeah, losers. That's that's what we are. I mean, yeah, you, you play a nice game. You, you hang tough with an undefeated team. But what are you at the end of the, gay, end of the day? I mean, we lost the game. Yeah, losers. That's what we are. All right, I mean, all right, man. That's you're really in a dark place here. Very dark place. It's just I spend a good deal of my week complaining about the Browns and 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 all the ways to disappoint me and make my life they reduce the quality of my life. I mean, Pat, that's, was that the best possible result? I true. If I'm going to be a cynical Browns fan, I don't like being the cynical Browns fan. It says, oh, thank God we didn't hurt our draft standing. But that's sort of how I walk away from this game. So, you know, that's just – Beck is summing up how I feel right now. I'm a loser, baby. I watched a good game. We came back, we down, came back against an undefeated team. Defense showed a little something. Defense <laughs> showed a little something against a really good defense. I don't know. I mean, we were outmatched, clearly, but we hung in there, fought. Peyton Manning doesn't have an arm. He can't feel the fucking tips of his fingers. Yeah, he tried to give that three, game away to us. I three, agree. Three picks, including one uh, return for the, for a touchdown, uh, uh, including one in overtime, which gave us the ball on the 40-yard line. 50-yard line. Whatever. No, I think I think we we started. It was inside the it was inside the 50. We were, we were in Broncos territory. Man, maybe when Barke, Mingo made a contribution in this game. He jumped so early on that pick. Did you see when you oh. get that? Oh man, it's so good. yeah, yeah. He had to hang up there. I mean, what you know, we, we should do with that? Uh, uh, who was it? Was it the? Um, I think it was the Lions guy, or was it, no? It was the, it was the Pats guy in the Sunday night game who literally leaped over the uh, the snapper uh, on a on a, a kick on a, a field goal, blocked the field goal in the Sunday night football game. Like that's what you'd be doing with Mingo, okay? a guy jumping over the the line. Somebody athletic yep. can do that shit. Mingo's contributing, Pat. He's getting real good. I don't know. Yes, these things happen, and we still lost. Yeah, shit happens, though, man. You know, you know, you know, you know what I've heard many, many times before. Hey, Browns have a bunch of uh, you know, sack of losers. You know, coaches getting them so they're playing hard, really hard, and they're playing a good game and hanging with a good team. What do they always do at the end of these games? They won last week. They lose, Maddie. What does that make us? We won last week, though. So losers, that... losers, Maddie. Yeah, all right. That's... Yeah, we we beat we beat a one in five team that just lost to the 49ers. Like, who gives a shit? I mean, look, yeah. I, I'm happy to have beaten the Ravens. They suck, and I I gloated all over my few colleagues in the office who are Ravens fans. But come on, let's let's call let's let's call it what it is. Uh, all right. So what we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, uh, sulk about the Browns for a little bit, or Matt's gonna try and sell me on it, but. 
you know what? Like you've heard this conversation too many times, uh, our our dear viewer, <coughs> viewers, excuse me. Uh, it, so we're gonna we're gonna bring in someone else to settle this in a little bit. We have a special guest for you guys very early on. Uh, he'll be coming up in a moment. Uh, and then followed by that, though, uh, once we say goodbye to our special guest, we're gonna talk about some calf stuff. Although actually, if he wants to, he can stick around. Uh, we'll we'll ask him, see what he wants to do, see what he's got, how much time he has on his hands. Uh, and uh, we're not gonna get too deep into the calves. Like we have a big calves preview coming up uh, next week. Uh, when the uh, just before the first game of the season begins, so uh, we'll just stick to the uh, the latest in the news for Cavs stuff. Uh, Maddie, I, I have an opening question for you about the Browns. Uh, big question, big question I need to ask every week. Did uh, did Dwayne Bow start? I thought he had like uh, 75 yards receiving and a touchdown. Did I get that wrong? Hmm. Hold on, I'm looking at my numbers. Uh, no, yeah, no, you're wrong. Oh, uh, healthy, scr- healthy scratch. Healthy scratch. It's a healthy scratch. Um, apparently Mike Patton didn't get that text from Ray. Um, so Maddie, uh, next question. Um, there's a couple of uh, nice uh, time management uh, uh, moments and a uh, uh, curious uh, uh, call to go for two, which probably costs us the game. Are you still back this coaching staff? Yeah, going for two definitely costs us the game. We can get into that maybe with our with our guest later. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm still with the staff, man. They, they uh, went up against one of the best in the NFL. Almost mm-hmm. came out on top. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm with them. Okay. They they didn't do anything to get fired this week. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want them fired right now. We've been through this before, but I, I I think they are on the wrong side of do they get fired at the end of the year. But you're ready to, to execute at the end of the season. Yeah, they, they got to show something, and they aren't showing it right now. Hmm. But to begin with, by not just, – just, just basic common sense clock management. Fuck, man. Why, why would you want to have extra time? Yeah, I mean, there's we talked about this last week though. There's a lot of coaches that struggle with that. I feel like you can bring somebody in to help with that. That just seems like basic incompetence to me. Uh, all right, Maddie, are we ready for our uh, uh, mediator? Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. Without further ado, we, pass. we have a very special guest to introduce you to. We actually we have three coasts tonight. Coast to coast to coast, from the east coast to the west coast to the north coast. Uncle Granty is joining us from Ooh. Cleveland, Ohio, from the land. Ooh. Uncle Granty, say hello. Shalom. Shalom. <laughs> oh, if only it was Friday, I could say Shalom or Shabbos, but uh, Shalom, Shalom will have to do. Uh, Uncle Granty, welcome to the Maddie and Patty podcast uh, in a live setting. Finally get a real Jew on this podcast, not a couple <laughs> pretenders like you guys. <laughs> uh yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that's a that's a pretty good burn. You need a red-haired uh, Irishman to take care of that. Yeah, it's pretty sad. <laughs> uh, so uh, thank you. You have been you have been uh, uh, in the belly of the beast. You've been reporting from the field. Uh, just start. Just before we start any further, you've been listening to the, to the two of us uh, bicker like a bunch of girls. Who who who's right here? Well, both of you guys are wrong about last week's game. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, you said that the Ravens, you know, gave that one up for us. That's not true. Browns yeah. won that game. That's what I told you, Pat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for come sure. Come on, come on. The Ravens didn't do anything to lose that game. No, I they. I mean, that was a pretty clean football game. I don't think there were any turnovers in the game. Back no. and forth. That was a pretty good game. Just the running. They, they, we couldn't stop the run, and they just stopped running the ball at a, at a really convenient time. Just yeah. one play. Their running back got hurt. Yeah, that was that was later. That's one of the sort of fundamental problems I've seen with this Browns team. 
boards. Mm -hmm. One of the issues um, is they run this 3-4 defense, and anytime the opposing team runs that stretch play to the outside, the weak side inside backer is getting caught up in the wash. And the reason that's happening is the nose tackle isn't occupying two people on the line of scrimmage. So I don't know if that's Sheldon when he's in or... Uh, you think it has to be, right? Isn't that his job to hold up two guys in the line? Well, that's the other problem with this defense. All right, So it's also way too complicated. Hmm. There's crazy substitution packages. You know, I, I haven't really seen the Browns up close except for that game in Baltimore. And I was sitting in the end zone, so I had a really good vantage point. And I remember the Ravens were down on the Browns' three-yard line. And every single play, the Browns ran in a different substitution group on defense. Defensive linemen substituted out every single play, and the Ravens weren't substituting anybody in on offense. So I think uh, Jim O'Neill's got to calm down a little bit. I think he's probably overthinking, and it's getting the defense out of rhythm. Hmm. Well, that would be nice. So why does he keep doing it? When, when's he, when's he going to adjust? What the hell? Oh, I don't know. I mean, they're, I think he feels that he's smarter than everybody else, you know, and, and Patton probably thinks that he's a pretty smart guy, and that's why he hired him on. Mm. But they're just, they're just not playing football out there. You know, I don't know who the leader of this team is, and there's definitely not a leader on defense. Uh, Isn't that what uh, Dansby and, and Whitner was supposed to be? Yeah, I mean, that's what they brought him in there for. I mean, we gave up a lot of potential. We got rid of Ward. Uh, we got rid of Dequell Jackson. I mean, Ward clearly outplayed Whitner in this last game, big, I think. Big time. Big time. But Whitner, I mean, he's got – because they're not uh, – you know, I, I just took a look. Real quickly, Whitner is leading the team in tackles right now. That's a real problem. Yeah. You know, you got to have a couple man-eaters in the inside linebacker. I mean, Dequell Jackson, you know, you can knock him, but the guy made tackles. Tackling machine. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and Dansby's second. But, you know, if you don't get better play from that inside linebacker group, especially that weak side inside backer, they're going to rip that stretch play every single time. And, and that starts with whoever's playing on the nose. They got to occupy two blockers. Mm. Is that enough X's and O's for you boys? One question, uh, Grant. Terry Pluto is always talking about how they moved Kruger over to the strong side from the weak side linebacker where he was last year after Solomon got hurt, and that that's uh, messing with his play. He's been, you know, I terrible. Know, don't He's see him at all except on police dash cam videos. Yep. Um, <laughs> Does that ring true to you? Kruger is non-existent this year, and yeah. dropping him in the coverage is absolutely terrible. But when you watch him rush the passer, he's just sort of dancing around. I mean, he's he doesn't have any good technique when when he's getting the quarterback. He's getting no pressure, and against the run, he's just a joke. I mean, he gets. I mean, he's trying, but it's just not good enough. Yeah, and, and you know, a great example of how this leads to catastrophic failure on the defense was that 75-yard touchdown play that Payton yeah. threw to get the lead. I mean, that was a heartbreaker in this oh, game, too. Yeah. So what happened on that play, and I haven't seen the coach's film or anything like that, but Poyer has got to make that tackle. 
But because he's trying to jump up the support, the run, he just took an absolutely terrible angle. Right. And instead of a 25-yard gain, it's a 75-yard touchdown, mm-hmm. which is inexcusable. But that happens because the 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 front seven, they're just not gelling. So Poyer feels like he needs to jump up and make a play. I mean, also, that shouldn't be Poyer, too, right? I mean, is that an yeah. issue? Right? That should be Gibson. Well... You know, I, I don't know. But I know that the, the safeties are, you know, leading this team in tackles. Yeah. So you got uh, Dansby and Whitner up there, um, Kirksey, Tremont Williams, Tashawn Gibson, Pierre Desir, Joe Hayden. That's your Those are your top, play, yeah, your top tacklers good. on the team. That's you know, that, that's too many plays at the second level. Mm-hmm. Way too many. And what, what so, ha- but that's something. What happened? Like, what's different about this defense? Who did we lost? Sheard. Is that's that a it? big loss. Is that it? Then why are we Buster, fucking let him go? Buster Screen. That's who we really miss. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, we, we we talked about this last year. Uh, I, I I feel like well, we talked about this last year. Like we were doing a podcast last year. <laughs> we talked about it in our email list. Like I I felt like Sheard was going to be a big loss. But you know, especially as he's going to the Patriots, you knew you knew just from basic Cleveland logic that uh, uh, he was going to be great wherever he went. He's leading he's leading the Patriots in sacks right now, I think. Um, you know, why didn't we keep him? What the what the fuck? And he didn't get signed for that much money. I think it was like a twelve million dollar contract. Or yeah, something, it wasn't which bad. Is really affordable. What are we paying Paul Kruger? Wouldn't you rather have Sheard? Kruger's getting something like six million dollars a year. Jesus. Yeah, he signed a big deal. At least we got uh, you know that premier number one wide receiver in Dwayne Bow though. Yeah, that's we talked about what we could have done with that Bow money. That's, that's something right there. Just, so yeah, Grant, getting back to what I was hammering Matt about, you think this coaching staff deserves to look? I mean, look, we don't know how the rest of the season is going to go, but as it stands now, do you think uh, over under on on whether this coaching staff deserves to stick around another year? Leaving aside uh, how bad Farmer is, that's another issue. It's hard to say. I mean, it's incomplete. I want to see him compete against division opponents. I was pretty happy to see him beat Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, Flip, I mean, the offense is outperforming all Mm -hmm. my expectations. They're doing it differently than what they said they were going to do, but I like what I see from the offense. Which is is crazy, crazy 180. Like, I mean, I, I... I was ripping on Flip uh, a couple weeks ago because uh, you know, and the play calling still is a little bizarre and weird with some of the. Also, it's just it's just McCown. I I I do not want to see McCown throw a swing pass out to a guy who's about to be crushed by a defensive back. I just, yeah. I've seen that too many fucking times, and, and it's so dangerous and it's just stupid. But also, I keep seeing Flip call these things and keep getting out. I see it seems like the defense knows what we're doing a lot of the time. But then all of a sudden we go on these two stretches where you know McCown's lighting it up. So if I give credit where it's due, I just I keep being surprised by the offense, put it that way. Um, but yeah, the defense is just a tire fire, it, and all we lost was Sheard, really, right? Right? I mean, we lost Sheard, but we gained supposedly Danny Shelton. Yeah, but we had two. I mean, two All Pros in the secondary who are not li- living True. With expectations. I mean, Hayden hasn't played like Joe Hayden yet this no. year, really. No, he hasn't. And, and Gibson uh, hasn't either, even when he was healthy. Mm-hmm. And poor Tashan's in a contract year. Yeah. That's not good for him. It's going to cost him. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, hey, Maddie. Uh, speaking of Dwayne Bow, uh, uh, did uh, did uh, the other cornerback start? What's his name again? Uh, uh, Gilbert? Dan Gilbert? Is his name? Justin. Dan, oh, Justin, Justin Gilbert. That's right. Justin Gilbert. Doing yeah. damage on special teams. Yeah, but you know, I mean, uh, uh, we don't have. We're, we're down to our like, you know, you know, Joe Hayden's hurt. Uh, you know, any playing time? Secondary. Special teams is real underrated, Ted. It's number, worth getting good players there. It's, it's, it's first round territory. That's what I'm you saying. You trade up to get good special mm-hmm. teams. That's what smart teams. Hey, do. The, Ra- the Raiders drafted a kicker in the first round. That's right. Know. No, he was uh, not surprisingly, but uh, I, I didn't. Did he get one snap? Nope. Defense? Nope. Mm. That's just fucking embarrassing. Uh, I don't know what it is with that kid. I mean, he's got all the physical tools, but I mean, he just doesn't know how to compete, or he he doesn't have any confidence anymore. He needs to get a change of scenery. I mean, you can't do anything. You can't move him. But you think we cut him after the year? Nah. And and what do you get by cutting him? You know, he's still. Playing out that rookie contract. I mean, you got to find some way to use them. So special teams, you might as well use them. Just try to extract whatever value we can out of them. Yeah, that's just terrible. I mean, Mingo, Mingo, Mingo is at least a little, little useful, but like that's. I mean, how many draft picks? It's like, <laughs> what? Think about how many snaps did uh, all of our first round draft picks, all four of our first round draft picks from the last uh, three years? Oh wait, how many? Five, five of first round draft picks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many snaps? I don't know. Whatever Shelton played. Yeah, especially Shelton and a little bit of Mingo. Mingo. That's it. Grant, should I be worried that uh, Cameron Irving can't find time on this line? Um, I mean, the line is pretty good. Uh, you want your first-round pick, obviously, to get in there. And we're going to see him this year. Don't worry. Someone's going to get injured. He's going to get in there. And that's going to be nice to have that depth because last year that's where the season fell apart. But – no, I'm not. I'm not particularly worried about. You know what? Here's why you should be worried about it. And this goes to Ray Farmer more than anybody else. All right, we had the waste of first round pick picking up a background center because we know we're going to lose Alex Mack next year because they totally botched his contract. Mm. They let him go and walk. I mean, they should have signed him for what he was worth. If they wanted to sign him, they should have signed him, or else they should have let him. Oh, I guess they could have. Not franchise tag, tag them, but whatever the next one. I can't remember what the other category is. Right? They could have done that with him, right? They did use some sort of tag with him. What was it? It was it was this tag where we could match, but I don't I don't remember. But I mean, that's... Pick or something like that. It was something weird. It was a weird designation that is rarely used. I didn't understand the difference there. It saves a little bit of money, but like, you know, we're terrible still. I don't think the cap matters that much. We should, we should have signed him. I mean, just just pay pay the man. This is blasphemous coming from a former offensive lineman, albeit <laughs> a shitty one. <laughs> you can find centers, you know. That's, yeah. that's not a problem. I, like, I can't. The last time you take a center in the first round, you know, Jeff Fain. Yep. Yep. We've taken two centers in the first round. What the hell? You can find them. Mm-hmm. Now, we can't find them, but other teams find them. Yeah. Other teams seem to be able to find all sorts of stuff. And develop talent. Mm-hmm. We don't... Uh... We don't do that. It's I not, mean, a little. It's, it's not our we, thing, Maddie. It's not our thing. Not, I don't know. I mean, Gibson's somebody we found, right? That was a scrap heap pickup. He's that's an, true. He's an undrafted free agent. Kwan Williams. Kwan Williams a little bit. Yeah. 
Even uh, like someone like Pierre Desir in the fourth round. I mean, he looks like a pretty good cornerback. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does. He does. He's got a lot of talent. And then the Crow. So fucking Crow. He was undrafted. That's yep. true. Uh, but speaking of the running game, Grant, uh, you, know, you, you said we have a good offensive line. We all thought we had a good offensive line. That was supposed to be one part of our game that was going to be reliable. Uh, it's why I, I spent $13 on <laughs> Crow. In the draft. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, no, but what, what, what's your explanation for why the running game really still isn't going? Is it, ju- is it just how no one respects our passing game? What's, what's going on? No, I think it's going to open up. I think people are probably pretty surprised about how well we've been able to move the ball in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead of dropping eight in the box, they're going to they're gonna have to loosen up. I think uh, uh, big play Gary Barnage is going to get a little bit more attention, which should open up some of the running lanes as well. There's another so, guy. Gary Barnage. Who the fuck is that guy? He's been in the league a while. Has he? Yeah, he was in Carolina for a long time. I think this is like his seventh year in the league. That's that's wild. He doesn't have that Jordan Cameron pretty boy face, though, so... Yeah. He's got got those dimples, Grant. Granty, (laughs) what'd you think of, uh, of Turbin? Turbo. I, I mean, he looked okay. I mean, but he looks like I've seen him. You know, I saw him in Seattle. Yeah. I, I don't I don't get this. And I'm not just saying this because I have uh, uh, Crow on my fantasy team. Why are we giving the ball so much? What, wouldn't you rather get – look, Crow, Crow has some spectacular ability if he can get out in the open and break something. Wouldn't you just try to increase the chances that he gets that or, or give it to Duke? Like, I'm happy with splitting the carries between Duke and, and Crow. I, I don't understand three ways. Yeah, no, I know. I'm fucked with him. Crow, Crow is not long for this world. I mean, obviously, I mean, the the Browns coaches, I mean, you can say this for them. Whether or not you believe they're making the right calls, they're going to put the people that they think the, who are playing the best on the field. Yep. And they don't, for some reason, you know, they don't like Crow, and that's why they brought in Turbin. He occupied a roster spot for, like, Five weeks without you know being able to play at all. Yeah. So they know that they need to make some sort of improvement. They don't like Crow. They have, they like Duke Johnson a lot, but you know he's made of paper. So yeah, exactly. I, I think Turbin, you're going to probably see more of him going forward. It's probably true. Sorry, Patty. Well, but my problem is uh, yeah. Fifteen bucks down the drain. Yep. <laughs> but I want to give I want to give up on the Browns running game. You know this. They started to get it going a little bit in this game, and that I defense so. is legit. I mean, Denver's defense is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought they moved the ball yeah, well on the ground. That was the, that was the biggest impressive part. I mean, I, I, early in the game, or the first half, we were shot in the first half, right? No, we had a field goal. Did we get a field goal at the end? I don't know that we did. Anyway. I mean, I was, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I think we might get shut out. We really might get shut out, or maybe a couple field goals, that's it. Like, uh, I don't really see us scoring a touchdown against this defense. And then and then I came out like, just blaring out of that first half. Not the second half, excuse me. Uh, that, was, that was impressive. So, you know, I, all right, I, I, all right, Maddie, I've got, you got a ray of sunshine out of me. Oh, look at, look at that. A ray of sunshine. I think there's just sort of like this feeling with Cleveland fans, especially Browns fans, where they, you know, if, if it's not perfect, they just can't, they can't get behind it. But all these teams are flawed. All the good teams are flawed. I mean, look at Denver. I mean, they're undefeated, but they are definitely not a perfect team. But they're going to be there. They're going to be in the playoffs. For sure. 
Look at uh, Cincinnati. They were undefeated, but they're flawed. We'll come crashing back down. Well, of course, that's my point. It's not, perfect is not the problem with the Browns. Like they're, they're, they're not perfect. This is. I, I'm I'm happy that, that that we have an offense that can sometimes do good things. It has been doing good things more often than not. That's true so far this year. But they look so terrible so much of the time, and their defense almost always looks awful. It's it's hard to be excited about this team, even from a even from my low expectations. Look, I'm in a dark place. I couldn't have lower expectations. Like any ray of sunshine I have is based upon how low my expectations are. Patty, we've been in every game this year except one, and that one we had terrible luck. God, that sounds like every fucking year we've had in the last like six years. We're in a lot of games, hanging tight, and we lose close in the end. Like it's what do you, what do you want? A Super Bowl, Pat? I'd I like a winning. I like a winning fucking team. <laughs> a team that can win some fucking close games instead of just losing close at the end. That's not what we have. We are really good at losing close games. I will give you that. That's one thing the Browns are really good at. The best. The best. Um, great. All right. I, I want to turn your attention to something else that that's been on a lot of uh, Cleveland sports talks minds. Uh, uh, the Johnny drama. All right. Uh, so yeah, anyone has been following, uh, you know, Johnny Manziel uh, was pulled over the week before the game uh, for driving erratically. His girlfriend's going crazy, accusing him of hitting her, punching her. He admits to having a few drinks. He's supposed to be recovering from rehab. His girlfriend's blotto, like blackout drunk, crazy. Uh, and eventually, the cops decide that he didn't actually hit her. What he did was restrain her from trying to get out of a moving car sure. going 30, 40, 50 miles an hour on a highway. But it gets crazier because this whole thing's happening on the, on the side of a highway for everyone to see. And, of course, there's dashboard cam. And, of course, Paul Kruger shows up. <laughs> and it gets caught on tape of, like, he doesn't have to be here. That's what his girlfriend says. The Why is he Paul here? Kruger. Why is Paul Kruger here? He does not have to be here. Uh, and my favorite, my favorite part from the dashboard cam, which you can watch on YouTube, look it up. It's out, it's out there. Uh, uh, my favorite part is Paul Kruger just having a man-to-man with a cop uh, on the side of the road, saying, "Hey, man, she's, she's, she's not the right one he should be with. I'll tell you that much." <laughs> uh, Grant, Grant, not, I, I don't want to. I'm not going to go into you for your uh, football expertise as a terrible offensive lineman in high school football. And defensive lineman. Of defensive line, excuse me. Uh, uh, I, I want to go into you for your your uh, legal advice. Is is we we've all had a little bit of experience, some in this conversation more than others, with speaking to the police. Uh, what what's your analysis of the situation? How Manziel handled it? Uh, how Paul Kruger handled it? Uh, this, this is the take I want. Well, this doesn't fall into football or legal. This is about dealing with drunks. And crazy chicks. All right, and I can I can talk to you about those two topics too. All right, he's he's with a train wreck right now. We've all seen them. All right, they're fun to hang around with. Oh, yeah. with a date for a while, but they're gonna get you into some trouble. And this one is a total train wreck. I mean, she was trying to jump out of a car when it was going 80 miles an hour. Threw his wallet out of the car. Yeah, that was that's, that's unacceptable. Just crazy. I'd be yeah. so mad. I mean, she's pretty good looking, but come on, man. You know, you, you're Johnny Manziel. You're, you're, you're a quarterback. 
But it, you could go down to Texas and do whatever you want. I mean, what are you doing? And it, all right, and he's also a drunk. All right, drunks hang out with drunks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole rehab thing. He's got a great PR team. He knows what to say. He knows what to do. You know, my guess is uh, I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, he's probably in the league substance abuse policy, mm-hmm. and he's probably going to catch a suspension. Mm-hmm. For something like this, and he's gonna have to go back to rehab, and he's gonna do this big knee call. But but it's just he likes to drink beers and nail crazy chicks. And I mean, you can't really fault a guy for that, right? <laughs> I, I mean, can't. That's I thought that's what football players were supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. This is a crazy world we live in now. The nerds have taken over. It's a golden age for nerds. All right. Normally, <laughs> bullying is like being a racist now. All right, a good a good bully is gonna help you out. Mm-hmm. You gotta get some bowling in. The quarterback can basically get drunk, nail whoever he wants to nail, and, and at least this part of the world hasn't changed. You know, if a cop pulls you over and you say you had a couple of drinks, if it was any of the three of us, we're definitely getting a breathalyzer and probably getting put in cuffs, <laughs> taken to jail. This guy, like, oh man, I've been there. Can you sign a couple footballs? I mean, at least that part of the world hasn't changed. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Joe Namath lived his whole life like this, for God's sake. He's a national treasure. Broadway it's lo- Joe. It's a, it's a lost world, gentlemen. This world, this world does not exist anymore. It's, so, a, gold, it's a golden era of <laughs> of unaccountability. So, Grant, do you think uh, is there anything for the Browns to do here? You yeah, know, should, they, should they release him? No, I mean, hey, Grant, Grant, I mean, uh, Mary Kay Cabot boldly said the Browns need to send him back to rehab because she's, you know, she's an expert in these things. Or people could just let adults be adults. Hey, yeah. hey, more importantly, Grant, Bill Cower said the Browns need to cut him. Fuck Bill Cower. Hey, hey, no, Grant, Grant, Bill Cower should know. Because that's what he did with his QB when he raped someone twice. Yeah, right. What a joke. Yeah, asshole. Shut the fuck up. Uh, but he hasn't ever been pulled over the side of the road. <laughs> should, I try to, should, I, should I try and play some of this? The dashboard game? You can hear some of it. Should I try? Let's, 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 see, let's, see, how, let's see how it sounds. You wanted to pick up a buddy. <laughs> well, we're there. We got into a little bit of hey, you want to hang out with him so you can go see some other girls. This is this. And this way, this is between her saying this and me. You okay. Want to go see some other girls. That's why you want to hang out with him. Blah, okay. blah, 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 blah. Probably minutes earlier, related <laughs> her version of the best. Pause it right there. What's that? Pause it right there. Go, go. Did you hear it when you said want to hang out with somebody? Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. I guarantee you the cop is just nodding his head because he knows exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. He's like, been there before, bro. We're going to send you on your way. I just got to write a couple things down. That's some crazy chick. Yeah. <laughs> Bet you she's a hellcat in the sack. Some of that bullshit. Mm. All right. That's it. What happens today? You guys are obviously in this car. He's like... Uh, I don't know. He hit me a couple times. While you were in the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please don't. 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 Please it was, he hit me a couple of times. Oh, oh shit, oh shit, don't, 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 but don't charge, don't charge. I don't want to get this into a crazy thing. 
So it makes me think maybe he did. I don't know. It's hard to say. You can't you can't tell with this stuff. I don't want to, uh, you know. I mean, her she was pretty. They I mean they looked for marks of that and they didn't yeah, see anything. Yeah, I, I don't see a lot. All, all I see, exactly. And if 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 that part of the story is true that she tried to jump out of the car while it was driving, you know, I I I, I think the cops are probably right there. But I, this is tough to say. Just seeing the pictures right now, she you know I, you can't see my YouTube. But, this is a picture of her showing her abrasion on her arm. Everything you know, she's otherwise perfectly fine. Yeah. Now I don't support violence against women, obviously. <laughs> All right. Well, but but <laughs> if if I'm driving down the freeway and someone right, throws, someone throws my wallet out of the car, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hit anyone, obviously. But I would I would think about. I mean, I'd be awfully angry. Mm-hmm. And for a young man that can't control his uh, his actions, you know, who knows? Who knows what happened in that car? Grant, that was an excellent Stephen A. setup, by the way. <laughs> Do you think he got his wallet back? <laughs> he was walking along the road. I think. He got it. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's why he pulled over. All right, so, so the better part's coming up here. Listen to with Manziel's story that he grabbed her to keep her from trying to jump out of the car, which prompted a 911 call from a passerby to police. Listen as Manziel pleads in the background. Oh, baby, please! <laughs> <laughs> you think? At one point, Just let me go home. I'm sober, please. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's where I think to myself, like, I can't tell if it's just, uh, you know, yeah. Your story, Grant, the dude's just a drunk and he's, he's you know, getting caught or, you know, this is just, he, he's getting caught with a crazy. Like, that's just fucking him. But no, I, I tend to say more with, with, with Grant's story. It's both. I mean, it's both, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Like, it wasn't so bad what he did. Like, it wasn't so bad, you know, what Josh Gordon did. You know, actually, what Josh Gordon did was way, <laughs> way more innocuous having a drink on the flight home after the season was over. All right, let's talk about something real quick here. They what? should they should get rid of testing for any no. social drugs. Absolutely, absolutely. It's ridiculous. It's a joke. It's it's like, what is it? The fucking Victorian era we're playing football in? It's ridiculous. You want to hear me sound like Stephen A. Smith? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's one league that doesn't test for for uh, social drugs. What league is it? Major sport. Equestrian sports? <laughs> baseball? Oh, it's not baseball. They test. Hockey you know, they, they test, right? football, and you know they test in basketball. Not hockey? The NHL. Really? They don't test for recreational drugs. Now, what's the difference between the athletes in the NHL and the mm. athletes in the other three sports? Mm. Canadian. Yeah. They don't have That's teeth. it. They don't have teeth also. <laughs> I think it, the only reason they test for recreational drugs in the NFL, especially in the NBA and, and baseball to some extent, is they're so worried about uh, their players having a, a certain image that it's going to make people uh, not want to tune into the sport. Hmm. Hmm. But the NHL doesn't care because people don't have that image. How's that for Stephen A? That's interesting. Because if that's true, it backfires, I think, because you end up hearing about it way more than you way would more. just let exactly. people do their own thing. That's true. I think that's very that's true. A good point. A very good point. All right, let's, let's finish up. The best part's coming up in the dash, that dash cam. At one point, Browns linebacker Paul Kruger just happened by, which upset Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not fair. 
He would leave before offering police his opinion of Mansell's girlfriend. <laughs> you guys go watch this video. He's just like leaning at the back of his car, talking to the cop, just shooting the shit. <laughs> it's too much. I want to know what her interaction with Kruger has been. Yeah. That yeah. she had that. They're like next door neighbors. Yeah, yeah I thought that they were in the same, like, uh, whatever. A complex. Where, yeah, the weird thing is, like, this, this is not a big road. This is a very small road that they yeah. were on. They got pulled over. I, th- I was thinking, I was picturing a highway when I read the reports. This is like a, a two-lane road. Yeah, it's not a highway. Uh, uh, and uh, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It, apparently, because Paul Kruger actually married a Cleveland girl, I think. Uh, after 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 joining the Browns, he met someone and, and married him or something like that. Cause it's funny. I think it's actually a friend of a family friend or something like that. I just found out. Recently. If he wants to stick around, he better get some sex. Jesus right Christ. Right now, he isn't doing shit for us. Nope. <laughs> Less careful. rice, more sex. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I think somebody pointed out, uh, maybe the, uh, the cardiac kid on uh, on Twitter, that's the closest that uh, Paul Kruger's gotten to a quarterback all year. Hey oh. Hey oh. Um, I, you know, I, it's just to me, like I, everyone was talking about how, like, you know, uh, Manziel needed to. Uh, your, your brother, Ma- uh, Maddie, was talking about how Manziel needed to be cut. Immediately. Yeah, my brother wants him gone. And I just, I, what's the point? Say that with Gilbert. Say that with Gilbert. Like uh, the money's spent. It's there. Uh, uh, I, I, honestly, it's frankly from from my cynic, from my cynical uh, uh, Browns fan standpoint. It's probably to the better if he's a distraction to the team, because you know, better draft position, all that shit. I, but I, I don't. I get the feeling that the, the Browns locker room is 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 not upset with Johnny Manziel about this. Grant, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think he's probably from every uh, story I ever read, he's pretty well liked amongst yeah. the players in the locker room. I mean, they thought he had to grow up, and, and but they seem to think that he's improving and at least acting like a professional. Now, I don't think he's a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL, and I don't think he's going to develop in the one. Mm-hmm. But uh, certainly, you know, cutting him here is just sort of going to look like the coach or the GM is getting bullied by the media. Yeah. And they don't have the player's interest. If you want to create trust in that locker room, you're probably going to do a better thing by Let's backing him up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think I think Petten has done that at least in the the press reports today. Like the press gave him a hard time about that. I wish the press would give him a hard fucking time about his timeouts. Did anybody ask him that question, Pat? I don't think so. Someone actually, the halftime reporter asked him about it on his way out. He just said, "I've been doing the the the, the Broncos a favor." It's like fourth down, really fourth and two. Seriously, you, you give them you give them a timeout so they can call a play. They had thirty seconds to call a play. Your timeout's not gonna give them any more time. It give you more time to actually you know score. Oh, can't get over this. Grant, Grant, um, going for two there. Yeah. Any any justification for it? Uh, look, I mean, I understand why you would go for two there. I my major problem was that they didn't have a good play. You know, they, mm-hmm. if you're going to go for Not two, bad. you got to have something set up. You know, I don't know what the hell they did. They just sort of threw it up. Uh, usually, people have. You know, you practice your your two point conversion play a lot, and you have something ready to go. Yeah, I, I would have definitely taken the the extra point, and I, I'm not just saying that after the fact. I was screaming at the TV in the bar, kick the yeah. extra point. Yeah, 
Well, it seems like a good rule of thumb that unless you know you need those two points, yeah. take the one, take the point. Don't give up that, points. You know, a million things can happen. You don't know what it's going to be, unless unless you're coming down and need to tie up the score with it, or it's going to put you up by three late in the game. One of those situations, it seems like you just want the point. Like if you're in the if you're in the fourth quarter and you're up by uh, one, right? I can see why you'd say, "Oh, go for two. You, you know, you don't want to be uh, up by two. But being up by two is no different than being up by one. You want to be up by three, right? But that's late in the game. You don't do that in the second quarter. You don't do it in the third quarter, which is when this this was the third quarter when this happened, right? Well, that's fourth quarter. Was there late? was like seven minutes left. Uh, was it really? Eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Damn. Still, it was five points. It was a weird. It was a weird thing. It was the difference between five and six, right? Even six, you're not protected against a touchdown. It's like two field goals. You're cool. having you're having trouble scoring all day. Put yeah. the points up on the board when you put the points up. Exactly. Uh, you know, I mean, Petten. Like, what I like about Petten is that he's. It, it, I've always liked about him is that he's very aggressive. I've never seen a Browns co- coach go for it and fourth down more than him. Right? Would you agree yeah. with that, guys? And I, I like that, that call early too. That was the right I, call. I like that about him. Right. But I, it's funny. Occasionally, I see him going for it when he should be taking field goals. And lately, I've seen him start to like swallow his pride a little bit, swallow it down, and say, "You know what? Just take the points. Take the points." And you know, maybe he's growing. And so, you know, if if I'm if if, if I'm going to come around to my position here, of which currently is he needs to be fired at the end of the year. Uh, if I'm going to come around to this, I need to see more growth like that uh, of someone who can change. And look, I, I like Petten. I really want him to succeed. Um, uh, I just, I just, I can't justify it with the kind of boneheaded decisions he's been making lately. I don't think he's going to get fired, unless there's a entire a complete collapse. Jim O'Neill might get fired, but I think Pettin's probably going to be sticking around. Interesting, interesting. And and there's the attitude of of you need to show you can invest in a coach for three years before to to be able to attract anyone else who's worth a salt, right? Like if you fire a coach every two years, no one's going to want to play for you. For sure. Yeah, so it's one of the things where we kind of made our bed and have to have to lie in it now. Um, Who the hell else would come in and coach this team and be better? No one. Oh, would be better? I mean, I don't think anyone's going to come in and coach this team. <laughs> but, but there's plenty of guys who could coach the team better, I feel like, and that's the problem. But the That would take is, the job? Yeah, no, that's the, that's the crux. That's the the rub, if you will. you got to um, Grant, before before we move on from the Browns, um, I, I one thing I was hoping for um, last week when you gave us your wonderful special report was more from this uh, a shady Auntie Elise character. Uh, we only heard a a, a, a sinister high pitched uh, high guys uh, input from her. We it was. It, it, Anything to report from her behavior at this game that would be of of, of interest to our, our listeners? She she's makes somebody cry. That's she's not going to shame herself by appearing on this podcast ever again. <laughs> she's too good for this bullshit. Well, right. That's why we have you here, Grant. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You're the poor man's Elise. So please, <laughs> so please. What, what no, she was she was very intimidated going to the game because she thought. We're going to be the only Browns fans there. And, and there weren't a lot of Browns fans. I'd say probably under 1,000, mm-hmm. the 80,000 that were there. But I said, don't worry. These are a bunch of pushover artists. And lo and behold, I was correct. They're a bunch of, they're, they all have a terrible guilty conscience 
about six of them came up to me and said, "Hey, you know, we didn't we didn't take your team. That wasn't us. We didn't do that." Oh man, it was terrible. That's it terrible. Awful. Art Modell and the Ring of Honor, disgusting. It, it is funny, by the way. Whenever I have a, a Ravens fan get excited and try to trash talk, I just tell them they stole they they, they stole a football team and and no one, and therefore I, I I don't shed a tear for for the years they had without football team. They kind of go. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, no, we didn't. We yeah, they immediately just drop their, <laughs> they drop all cockiness and start to feel guilty. It's great. It, it it's one nice thing I like about that. They're charlatans too. They have this whole. Uh, they have the little marching band that comes out. They say sixty-eight years in a row the Ravens marching band. So how the fuck did that happen? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah like the the, the the Colts are in their uh, Ring of Honor. What the fuck is that shit? No, you no, they aren't. That's just not your fucking team. It's Indianapolis's team. See, I got Johnny Unitas in there. Yeah, yeah he's out there. Oh, come it's garbage. Uh, I disagree on that one though, because I feel bad for those. I did, I did until they stole our fucking team, Grant. Now no, they I... fuck themselves. They have a football team now. Yeah, but the, for the the Hall of Famers that were on that team that usually get you know cushy jobs with the organization as they uh, lose their minds. <laughs> Jesus. Can't walk anymore. Have you seen Johnny Unitas' arm? He can't raise it over his fucking head. Jeez. It's like John McCain. It's a disaster. But <laughs> they usually get, you know, like a cushy front office job, and those guys just got left out in the cold. Mm. So I, I feel bad for those ex-players. And that's when they were, you know, you know, painting houses in the summer and then, you know, playing football and then picking up odd jobs because they weren't making any money. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. Um... Well, Granty, uh, I, I very appreciate your uh, g- going to the lion's den, which you know, not, more of the kitten's den, as you said. I, I liked I liked your your Walter Sobchak uh, uh, line of you know these men are cowards. <laughs> they go that goes with with Matt's theory about uh, Golden State Warrior fans uh, when he went to the lion's den. Oh, Maddie, actually, Maddie, you, you have a new uh, tradition now, right? Watching Browns games in uh, other teams' bars. Yeah, we don't. I don't like the Browns backers bar. is not very. It's just not a very good game watching experience. Why? Uh, it's a. It's a. It just had like. It's a shitty dive bar that doesn't have um, like a good television setup. It just. Mm. It's not a good. It's a bad it's bar. Good, it's a bad bar. It's a bad bar for a yeah. sports bar for sure. Ah, okay. Uh, and How's so, it for drinking? The, the drinking's okay, but not great either. Mm. Mm. Uh, Ooh, Maddie, you're getting a little. Uh... Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, hoity-toity is the word I'm looking for. Yes, thank you, Grant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank God you're here. Maybe. I mean, like we like to be able to sit down during the games. Oh, Jesus. That's often a problem. It's it's just bad. It's Didn't bad. you almost get kicked out of my seats for standing the whole fucking game? No, it was just standing on first and second down sometimes. First second. What are you, what are you a Seattle Seahawks fan? No, Seattle, Seattle, Seattle uh, Mariners who would stand up on every fucking pitch in the playoffs like idiots, not knowing when to actually stand up for an important moment. You just stand the whole time because you're drunk. What are you defending the Browns' secure? I don't. Why are you doing this? I just, I'm just, I'm so disappointed in 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 your behavior in my seats. All right. Well, anyways, now we go to the team that we're playing. We go to their bar, both as a way to see the city and experience other bars and to troll. Nice. Good. Good. Do you get any fights this weekend? Uh no, the Broncos fans were a bunch of a bunch of pussies. Mm. And the Ravens be... fans were actually very nice and accommodating. 
Yeah. That's They're super nice. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that place had a real neighborhoody feel. Like everybody knew each other and were calling each other by name. It seems like they hang out outside of the of Sundays. It was weird. That's yeah. what happens when your team wins consistently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> There's nobody worse than Browns fans. You know, the reason we went to that Ravens game is Elisa's cousin has season tickets to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. So we were, you know, having some bullshit conversation over the summer. He said, hey, how about you guys come to Baltimore and watch the game? We'll come to Cleveland. We're like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. And then he bought tickets a week later. So like, oh, shit, we're really doing this. <laughs> but they were super nice, and we tailgated with everybody. Everybody was great, giving us food, doing shots together. I was like, you guys can come to Cleveland, but it's not going to be like this. I mean, yeah. they're going to throw a you know, bucket of piss at you if you watch the the Ravens jersey. But that, yeah, that again gets into the fact that they've had a lot of uh, salad years and, and – uh, is that how the phrase goes? I think I've screwed that phrase up. Whatever. Um, but, you know, we're, there's, there's a lot of bile built up in Cleveland. I mean oh. – They're still our fucking team. I, I fucking hate Ravens fans. They might be wonderful human beings in, in, in real life, but in that setting, I, I, I just want to make them feel bad. They're fine until they start defending Art Modell, and that's when I tell them to shut it down. Oh, shit, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. He's a horrible fucking human being who deserves, deserves a rotten hell. Terrible. There's, there's no Ooh. there's no bones about that. Oh, Patty. I don't know if you guys uh, listen to Tony Grossi's podcast ever. I don't, actually. Uh, but he, before, <laughs> I'm a Frankie uh, Browns fan. <laughs> he came on local radio, and he told the story about when the Browns left town to go to Baltimore. And he had to confirm the rumor and travel to Baltimore to cover the press conference where Modell announced that the team was moving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody was in shock, right? So Grossi's there, and someone just yells out, what's the name of the team going to be? And Modell just sort of snarls in the microphone, the Baltimore Browns. Ugh. Ugh. An asshole. Detestable. Mm. Mm. Uh, on that note, Uncle Granty, we're gonna move on to the calf stuff because this is depressing me, and I'm just making I I, I just I'm very angry. Uh, do you want to stick around and talk calf stuff, or do you need to do you need to head out? I gotta go to bed. All right, man. Be hey. asleep. Uncle Granty, a pleasure. This was a legendary uh, uh, appearance. Uh, please continue to be a correspondent for uh, 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 Maddie and Patty, and. Uh, Give our love to Auntie Elise. Will do. Shalom, boys. Thanks, buddy. Shalom. Oh, Maddie. That was uh, that was epic. Pat, what's your Browns record update? Oh yeah. Oh, Grant, you still there? No, I think we lost them. Did we lose them? Grant, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. What's your record update? We gotta get a record update before you before we let you go. Six what? games, six wins. He thinks six, six wins. wins. Six wins. <laughs> Jesus, man! Uh, you guys higher or lower? Oh, lower. I, I'm, I'm. I, I will upgrade from three to four. I'm gonna stick at three. Matt, this is crazy. You were way more optimistic than me, yet you are the most pessimistic in terms of win outcome. Win outcomes. This is, makes no sense. There's no connection here logically. Uh, no, I think they'll continue to sort of be in games and, and be exciting, but they'll lose. <laughs> what were you guys' original picks? I had six wins originally. Matt had five. 
Oh, it's too soon to, to leave your original pick. Six was my pick all along. I'm sticking with Well, but I, I was expecting a different team than the team I saw in the first three games. I was really, really disheartened. To be Does sick. that Jets loss look as bad? Um, you know, no, I was with Doesn't. you, by the way, Grant. You, you, I, you know, I sang your praises, too, about, about um, your take on the, on the Jets game. You know, I felt like a lot of things didn't necessarily show what kind of team this is going to be. But I honestly think that Jets game showed more of what we are than, than didn't. Meaning, <laughs> it, it had a lot of alarm bells, and a lot of those alarm bells have come, have, have come true for me. But you may be right. What you're saying right now, we'll see in this next game, Grant. I think this is what we'll see in this next game. Uh, oh fuck, we have another good defense we're playing. But uh, uh, but you uh, against the you know St. Louis. But Grant, you were saying basically that the reason our running game hasn't been going, the offensive line hasn't really kind of showed itself, is because no one respected the pass, and maybe they'll respect the pass now. And I don't know. I feel like people are gonna be like Josh McCown. Yeah, go ahead, beat us with your five foot six receivers. I think we might see Manziel this game. Really? Why? Because McCown's going to get knocked the fuck out. By that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's probably going to happen. That's true. I think that's very possible. Or maybe Austin Davis. Let me, let me remind you guys one more time. That's true. Austin Davis could be, is, is an interesting call. He, was, he, was, he wasn't even suited up for his last game, despite the uh, stuff. So I think it'll be Manziel. But um, uh, a reminder, gentlemen, that Josh McCown is our age. I know. I just makes me love him more, though. He runs like it. He doing? Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every achievement he has at our age just feels like a it feels like an accomplishment for all men, thirty six years of age. I mean, the guy's going for it. He's he's doing everything he possibly can. I, I like him. Josh McCown. Yeah, I love it. Would you rather have Brian Hoyer? No. Yeah. No. No, no fucking way. Agreed. So that's that's something that uh, that uh, Ray Farmer did right. All right, Grant, we'll let you go for real now. All right. Uh, uh, give that beautiful wife of yours a kiss for us. You got it. Two kisses. A real, a real wet, open mouth kiss, please. Ew. <laughs> Sorry. That got a little weird. <laughs> bye, bye, Uncle Granty. Bye, bye. See you, buddy. Alrighty, Maddie. Let's move on to the Cavs. Cavs important, time. Important things like. What the fuck is going on with Mo Williams on Twitter? Can you can you explain this to me, Maddie? It seems like he's just learning about a lot of this stuff, doesn't it? By how he uses it. it? Feels, doesn't it feel like your dad discovering Twitter and just, yeah. just doing weird things? What's the thing where well, you want? I, I want to connect to people and, and talk about you know things that uh, relate to people, like uh, body hair, like, yep. like like my body hair shavings. Yeah, that was weird. He he's oh god. This, just I, I have so many people on Cash with my father who are just really upset by Mo Williams on Twitter. <laughs> so they, I wish I could remember uh, uh, CS Aviate, I think is his name. He's the Cavs Twitter guy who apparently is obsessed with robots. I think he was saying something along the lines of like, I have my qualms about uh, um, uh, Mo Williams coming back to the Cavs. I've now come around to being like, he's a good guy to have on the team, but fuck his Twitter. This is why I don't want him on this team. <laughs> <laughs> he can't handle the weirdness of it. It uh, is super weird. He knows he can just not follow him, right? Yeah, no, that's what people. Like a lot of people point that out to him, and frankly, I, I follow him uh, uh, because of this. Because this is just this just me makes, too. I think he's a good follow. Absolutely, it's so fun. The crazy. <laughs> he also had this crazy video of him um, in the Cavs locker room somewhere. I think 
wearing like full fur coat and crazy hat. Like he's oh, yeah. wearing a pimp outfit while Sasha Khan's taking his pants off and is wearing, he's like getting fucking naked behind him. Cause yeah, he's Sasha really Khan. Weird. I don't know what's going on. I'm just a gigantic human being with <laughs> this what's going on. Oh man. Oh, Maddie, speaking of gigantic human beings, I have an exciting announcement to make. Ooh, what is it? I have, uh, I have a confirmed order for a, uh, Timofey Moskov jersey. Oh, that's excellent. Gold to replace my uh, Deion Weah's jersey because I love the gold jerseys the best. Really they're, awesome. my, they're my favorites by far. Cavs are, are the are the Cavs doing a black jersey this year? I don't think so. Mm. I hadn't seen that at all. I, I I only thing I'd seen was I think it's the exact same outfits as last year. Honestly, are the blue and uh, uh, navy. Sorry, blue and navy. The blue and uh, wine. As the alternates, there we do have a Christmas Day jersey, which is going to be fucking dope. Uh, I think it's like cream and uh, uh, maroon or something like that. It looks kind of good from what I've seen. I um, I, I really yeah. think they're doing a black jersey at some point. I'll do some research and. and All right. So, I mean, I've heard rumors about the sleeve jersey. I don't know how I feel with the sleeve jersey, but whatever. Um, right, oh, Matt, yeah. moving on to a more important uh, topic here. Um, Cavs Twitter is telling me, Manny, that Anderson Verajao is done. The way they talk about him is if he's just uh, you know, a bare step above Brendan Haywood status, like Perkins status, just just complete liability, done, nothing. Um, give me your thoughts first before I give you their evidence. So. I'm going to have a hard time answering this without talking about the evidence. All right, let me, let me get in, I'll get in the evidence then. So the, the big evidence is, one, Achilles. Achilles injury. Valid concern. Valid concern. Uh, but the other uh, – hey, Luna. Um, Luna making hey, Luna. an appearance. Exciting. Podcast going on. That's just, you know, control your dog, man. Sorry. There's a dog outside. <laughs> uh, the, the biggest piece of evidence that I've been seeing is – Anderson Verajao's uh, uh, numbers, all, pretty much all of his stats for the most part, uh, from the beginning of last year until he got injured in December were horrible, right, across the board. He yeah. let people shoot at the rim at 66% rate, which turns every person he guards into LeBron James or something like that. And, you know, he's not able to, to you know, race out uh, and, and chase to, to, on, the, on the show, on the pick and roll. He's not able to show on the pick and roll and recover the way he right. used to. Um. You know, and so people, particularly one of my favorite Twitter followers, uh, Cavs and uh, Justin Rowan, uh, it just rips on on Verishow. They talk about him like he's less than worthless. Now, th- partly they're doing this because they're also huge TT fans, and people are. You know, there are a lot of irrational people saying, "Oh, we don't need TT. We got Verishow." It's like, no, 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 no. Let's be clear about this. Verishow's not TT at this stage in his career, um, and I don't think he ever could do what TT was doing. Although he had very similar kind of like attributes in terms of being harassing and all that stuff, and his athleticism and his size were kind of similar, but um, very different players. And certainly at this stage in his career, he's not going to replace him. But that's the big thing, Matt, is that we're supposed to believe that when two months of the first two months of this crazy-ass team that was a total mess in the first two months of its existence, mm-hmm. that those numbers – because apparently when TT was on the court, we did great. 
So therefore, we know that the numbers of the Dresha mean that Varys is a terrible person, a terrible player, and not the weird dynamics of the team. Um, that's the argument. What, what, what's your take on those? So, one, Andy is not going to be what he was before, right? I have mm-hmm. no illusions about that. I think that's exactly. right. Yes. He's gotten older. Yeah. Right? There's no, there's no two ways about that. Mm-hmm. I don't think we could win with him as our starting center. I don't think we could win with him as our starting power forward. Great. Um, fortunately, we don't need him to be either of those things. Exactly. And I think if you're looking for him to play 15 minutes a game, which is probably what we should anticipate him playing, mm-hmm. in the right lineups with the right matchups, he's going to provide value. Mm-hmm. That jump shot of his is a real weapon now. Yeah. I think that's totally true. He's a really good passer, I think. Mm-hmm. A smart offensive player. I think he, he slots in really nicely there. He is a bit of a liability on defense, but I think as one of those articles pointed out, our whole team was just terrible on defense. Completely terrible. I mean, I, I mean, there was no resistance in the perimeter, which meant that every guy that Varys was defending at the rim was flying unabated to the rim. Like, yeah, of course. Every, I mean, I guess TT had decent numbers because typically he was guarding the guy out in the perimeter a little bit more because that was part of his game. And like, that's part of why TT is so great. That's why we wanted to, get, to sign him back. But, like, it, it, Love's numbers were not great uh, with guys flying towards the rim. Like, all, I was like, you couldn't judge this because we, had, we were a tire fire on defense. Yeah, I agree. Now, there was some concern with, yeah, who can Varish out play with in these lineups. With him and Love, you don't have a very good defense on the front court. I agree. So that's not a great, necessarily a great lineup. Uh, uh, Varish out and um, uh, Mozgov means you have no athleticism on the perimeter. Kind of also true, but I, you know, I don't know how, how much slower Varejao is than, than Love on the perimeter. Um, yeah, I agree. So I think they're kind of interchangeable, although obviously Love is the better player to have, but just meaning Varejao can be a pretty decent uh, replacement. Varejao can actually space the floor now, which is crazy. And he's very mm-hmm. skilled as a role man in a way that Love is not so skilled as a role man, uh, which is surprising. One of, the, one of the reviews I've seen is that Love's stats uh, of being the role man for the Cavs last year was atrocious. Yeah. And that includes pick and pops. Just, you know, when he was. I think that'll get better this year, though. I sort of feel like, too, you know, but at the same time, we also need to find a way to get Love involved with, with getting the, you know, the whole, getting the ball on the, on the elbow where he can pass and facilitate, especially get the ball out of LeBron's hands. Like to have Love facilitating to LeBron, I like that. I like yep. that. Instead, it was, you know, most of the stuff I saw was LeBron getting, giving the ball to Love, uh, you know, to the hoop. And that's great, too, but LeBron's the better finisher than Love. So let's, 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 Find a way to get that happening. Where, I agree, and I suspect that's on LeBron to be comfortable with it. Yeah, and it seems like that. You know, one of the things they talked about, and we'll see more of that this year, and we'll we'll talk more about that in our preview probably next week. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I just think we are taking a really small sample size in a pretty unusual situation with a completely different team, right? Completely different roster, uh, and casting. Uh, he's washed up. And it's it's pretty it's it, it's distressingly uniform across cast Twitter, which is why I insist that I'm going to be completely insufferable to everyone I follow on Twitter uh, if, if Verso starts that well this year. Um, that being said, though, I mean, is Verso enough to keep us from feeling the pain without TT if he continues this holdout into the uh, into the regular season? Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I don't think so. I think if you're starting to ask him to play 25 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. And we can't pick and choose our matchups as well as we'd like. Then, T could get exposed. Yeah. 
Mm. We need TT back, man. So, yeah, here's the latest TT news, right? Uh, Larry Kuhn, who uh, I sort of vaguely remember his name, but I didn't really know who he was until I read this article. He's this, you know, the salary cap expert, and he um, speculated on a podcast that um, the way these things work, he thinks it must mean that the Cavs have rescinded yeah. their five years for $80 million offer. Um, just based upon how the logic of these things work. However, there was a report. Hi, damn, I've already forgotten from who, but like, you know, it, it, a couple of different uh, uh, back avenues suggesting that no, in fact, the Cavs have definitely not rescinded the five, five year, $80 million offer. It's still on the table. Oh, really? Tristan can take it whenever he wants. Yes, this is, this is a, 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 a new development that. that happened this, this morning. Um, I'll see if I can pull it up here while we talk about it, but. Um, you know, I sort of feel like what are your thoughts on this? Pulled that offer. T- tell me why. Because we're in the middle of a nasty negotiation, man. You got to. That's and we have a lot of. I think we have more leverage right now. Mm-hmm. Except, I mean, don't we're you banking on the season starting and us being terrible and really needing TT, which is not beyond question. Yeah, all. exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's that's totally possible. And that we panic, and everybody thinks Gilbert's going to be the one to panic. I don't think I don't think he will. Um, I mean, I think we should all be of the mindset of the regular season doesn't matter. We just need to get into the playoffs, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, so there's no reason to panic if ten games into the year we're three and seven, and that's you know that's that would be pretty bad. Although we have a tough we have a tough start to our schedule. Um, that's true. So I don't I don't think that's in, in impossible for that to happen but we cannot he, Tristan's going to sit out this whole year just to go right back into the same situation again and just there will be more teams that that could offer him something I mean, and that's, I that would that, work but losing no no is, but, that, but that's the point is the money he's losing this year is what 16 million right yeah yeah, yeah. he's getting 16 million how much more is he going to have to make to make up the 16 million he lost he can't yeah. do it I, agree. I, I don't see this. I don't see this holdout lasting beyond uh, uh, 2015. I, I, I think a Verizel style um, uh, timing is is you know Verizel signed in December after the Cavs were struggling for a bit, and the Cavs got a better deal. Yeah, yeah but it, they had there was another team involved though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But the point being that, that Verizel caved. Verizel settled for a, a, a deal less than I think what the Cavs initially offered. So I remember reading. I don't think that's right. I think it was above what the Cavs offered, but below what he wanted. All right. Fair enough. But like significantly below it was, it was, it was indistinguishably different from what the Cavs were offering. Basically. My understanding is that, that Verge, I mean, Vergel did not win out in that contract. Uh, um, but I mean, he won because he got a little bit more money, but like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't what he was going for. Not even close to it. Um, so I see something similar happening with TT where it's not going to be significantly different from 580, but he's going to sign it sometime in December. Um, there, there is another theory out there from uh, uh, Justin Rowan. He tweeted this the other day. Just he, His guess is he's a, there's a chance TT signs before the season begins so he doesn't miss his, um, his game streak. Oh, yeah. He has a kind of a game streak. He hasn't missed a single game his entire career, and he'll, he'll miss that if he holds out. It'll be broken. That's that's something. That's something. That's a motivator. Although, then again, I thought that the playing for Team Canada would be a motivator, and he skipped Team Canada. So, yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know what's. I don't know how much he's. You know, is he just uh, in con- the agents are in control right now? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I can't. A, was that Mary Kay Cabot that wrote a sort of a nasty piece about him? Did you see that? No, I didn't. It was like a, I don't know what's wrong with Tristan. I'll have to find it and send it to. You. Oh, jeez. Um, I mean, let's let's be clear about something. I mean, Tristan's doing what he's got to do to get paid. Like the the, 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 the all. I mean. I have no patience for takes about Tristan Thompson being an idiot and asshole. How, how about this? Uh, you said the five thirty eight report. Uh, our, our 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 resident anti Cavs fan, Scooter sent this around. Uh, a fi- you know five thirty eight, which is uh, Nate Silver's uh, uh, you know brainiac website of statisticians. Get with this 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 algorithm, which which demonstrably proved that. Tristan Thompson is worth $7.1 million a year. No more. The dumbest shit I've ever heard. Well, I mean, yeah, I read it. What'd you think? I mean, I appreciate the point they're making, but, you know, you're worth what somebody's willing to pay you. Yeah, it's not, it's not tied to reality whatsoever. It's also not tied to salary caps. I mean, yeah. if, if Tristan Thompson were worth $7.1 then the entire league is overpaying for players, which means you're not paying attention to market values like that's not how markets work that's not how prices work right like just that can grow up it was just a dumb article um but uh uh oh and, and speaking of which I, I i i looked this up uh, uh chris it's chris haynes at cleveland.com who is reporting that cleveland's offer is still in the ballpark of five years for 80 million give or take huh. the, Cav- the Cavs did not withdraw the offer once the qualifying offer deadline passed so uh, and to be clear, Larry Coons did not have an actual report on this. He was just saying that based on the logic of this, um, they would have pulled it. But, yeah, he was you know, speculating. Logic goes out the window with, with when LeBron is, you know, involved with the agent and all that stuff. Um, so, Maddie, let me ask you this: um, If Tristan doesn't come back at all this year, how do the Cavs do? Well, one, I don't think they sit on their hands. I think they go out and get a player to replace him. Um, I'm not saying that player would be equal to him, but they still have the trade exception from Brennan Haywood. Right. And they'd probably dip into whatever the next draft pick they can trade, which I think is 2018, Mm -hmm. um, a first-round pick. So I think they'd go get some. I mean, they they can't – they're not in fuck-around time, right? Like, they have a window open right now. Yep that they have to take advantage of. So I think they'll go get somebody. I don't, I don't have speculation right now as to who that person could be. And it would probably change during the year as teams fortunes, you know, differed from what they thought was going to happen going into the year. Right. Um, So depending on who that player is, I think they could be okay. Um, They need somebody to do what Tristan does. Um, But you know, he was valued at seven point one million by five thirty eight for a reason. The skills he has are not impossible to find. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that, but uh, watching him in the playoffs, though, there's a reason why I hesitated to buy my Mozgov jersey. I, I kind of wanted to get a Tristan jersey. Yeah. Oh, I get it. They didn't have one in my size, which is which is which is petite. They didn't, didn't have it in petite size, so I, uh, I I had to go with my my petite Mozgov jersey. Oh my god. <laughs> It's sad. I, I was like, I was going over a medium. I double checked my 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 uh, my Dion Waiters jersey, which actually fits me. 
mm-hmm. that, and I was like, oh, fuck, it's a small. God damn it. No, Pat. <laughs> I thought it was a medium, not a small. That's embarrassing. It's, it's yeah. Yeah, it is what it is, Maddie. Uh, Maddie, are you concerned about Le- LeBron getting shot in the back? No. I, I love that. <laughs> LeBron was shot in the back. <laughs> Not at all. I love how they're handling LeBron and the players generally this preseason. I mean, very clearly they need to cut preseason games from the, the calendar, right? Hey, Maddie, we won a preseason game. Yeah. Hey. Super exciting. That's exciting. And, and I, I didn't get a chance to see how Kevin Love played, but you did get a chance to see uh, the night before. Love had a nice steal with a behind-the-back pass to uh, Mo Williams for three. It was nice. Yep. I can tell you, Pat, that uh, Kevin Love played 22 minutes. He was 4'11 from the field, 2 of 5 from three-point range, four rebounds, an assist, a steal, a turnover, a foul, 10 points, eh. minus one, plus minus. Yeah, not bad. Whatever. I'm Nothing excited. terribly interesting from the uh, box score. Mm-hmm. Quinn Cook didn't play. That was a little interesting. Interesting. I don't know you won't be precisely, done. precisely what that means. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to make the team at the end of the end of the bench. Yeah, I have I have uh, no idea. We should look up when the um, when the uh, roster cuts uh, are finalized. I think it's got to be the end of this week, right? Yeah, what's what I'm saying? Is it going to be before we do our uh, season preview? Yeah, I think it will be. Mm, okay. So something to talk about. Um, Patty, can I ask you a Kevin Love question? I'll always. Uh, how do you feel about what he's doing with his hair right now? Oh, the Frodo Baggins haircut? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. He's, he's doing a lot of the uh, uh, 1980s, like, cut off my sleeves and use it as a headband thing. It's, it's... I think he's actually wearing a headband in games. What? I mean a headband like LeBron or Mo Williams wears, but, like, the, the shirt sleeve and, headband? Like, like Sasha Vujicic. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Um, yeah, I, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a look. I mean, look, it, anything, anything that, that, that uh, uh, distracts my wife from her uh, severe, you know, serious attraction to Kevin Love, I guess is a good thing. He's too young for her. I've told you a million times. Uh, yeah, but the, she just gets ideas. It's not good. It's not a good thing. Uh, although it's good for her interest in the Cavs, but she's already interested in the Cavs. She, she's already into the Cavs, uh, even before Kevin Love. It was, it was one of those annoying moments where we were watching that first game of the year with, you know, uh, against the, the Knicks last year. And we're watching. I'm excited about, about LeBron and stuff like that. And she goes, oh, who's that? God damn it, Becca. Just <sighs> – you could be just into the Cavs. You don't have to get super into, into the one, like, really handsome guy on, on, on the Cavs. I mean, look, I guess if it gets you into the Cavs, but. The one really handsome guy? Tristan Thompson's got uh, something to say to that, Patty. That's true. That's, that's a fair. You know, I, I had a proposal on Twitter this week. Have the Cavs thought about this, offering Tristan Thompson five, million, five years, $80 million, and Dan Gilbert pays for all of his outfits? Yeah, I saw no, that. No limits. I mean, he's and, into fashion. Come on, I mean, he loves that shit. Uh, you know, it, it, it probably won't add up enough to be on the tax bill, but it would be a pretty nice fucking perk, right? To be like, dude, I want this. I'm not gonna. It doesn't cut. Doesn't cut into my salary. Dan Gilbert's got I think, this. I think you have to account for that. 
Well, I, yeah, but I, my point is it doesn't add up. It's like a psychological thing. You know what I mean? That's true. But, I mean, it would count towards the salary cap. Yeah, but he's going to spend a million dollars on clothes? I don't think so. Might. He might. He spent like, I mean, a couple hundred thousand dollars. But, like, that that probably would work within this stuff. But I guess, you know, you won't be able to control how much. So the, You'd have to have some rules. Yeah, yeah. I like the no limit. I like you're out of. I like you're outside the box thinking, though, Pat. They gotta work on the perks. They gotta work on the perks here. They gotta find. You know what? Dan Gilbert's gotta pull his strings. Get him on the cover of GQ. That's what gotta be guaranteed. Hey, I'll get you on GQ. I'll get you on any of the like the, the you know major man. I'll I'll get you those covers. I I can. I got some some billionaire friends. I can get you. Uh, uh, you know that kind of. You think he has that pull? What's that? Uh, yeah, he, he's fucking friends with Warren Buffett, dude. He, he, LeBron's friends with Warren Buffett. Exactly. But also, uh, Dan Gilbert got himself roped into a, a Warren Buffett appearance on the late night show with Seth Meyers. Dan Gilbert is not a, a you know, Oh, that's right. Draw. Stupid. Uh, yeah, some weird like bet bracket. thing or, yeah, or, or not bet thing, but like some kind of. No, like, it was if you picked a perfect bracket. You that's, right, right, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, so, uh, that just. God, they got to think out of the box. That's my that's my thoughts. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of like the Frodo Baggins thing because it, it it kind of plays into the uh, Lord of the Rings uh, um, kind of quest of this year. Do you see that commercial? Oh God, I haven't seen it yet, but I saw I saw photos from it. it oh, looks, it looks good. Oh, I liked it. I mean, it was fucking ridiculous, yeah. but it was I, I enjoyed it. Ooh, Maddie, what'd you think of the uh, 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 Star Wars trailer? Did you watch the Star Wars trailer tonight? Uh, I did. Thoughts? Uh, I didn't. I didn't like it as much as some people did. Thought, thought, thoughts as 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 a as a noted Star Wars hater. I I like the earlier uh, preview better. I think. Yeah, I, I did like that. We got to see a little of the bad guy. Yeah, I've seen more of the bad guy. Uh, I, I didn't like the music. It was very JJ Abrams. Yes. Yeah, I didn't like the. Music. It was very un-Star Warsian. What's that, the uh, Pat? What's the deal with the bad guy? I. I don't know. I guess he's he's carrying on Darth Vader's legacy. That, that that's an early speculation that was borne out by that sh- that initial shot in the first trailer of the warped uh, Darth Vader mask. And he says it in this one. That's yeah, he, exactly. He he carrying yeah you know, he carries it out. It's also weird to me they haven't <coughs> showing any Luke Skywalker. And oh, that one hand on on R two D two right? Yeah, they show that again the second time. I saw uh, Carrie Fisher in this. Carrie one. Fisher's in this one. A lot of of Harrison Ford. Yeah. And Chewbacca, which, you know, tugs in the heartstrings. Love seeing the Black Jedi. Maybe something crazy is going on with Luke Skywalker. Maybe he's the bad guy? No, not that he's a bad guy, but that something, you know, like he's got his face is all jacked up or something. Nah, no, I, I think they're, they're playing him as the, uh, as the, the Obi-Wan. But I, I, there must be some kind of surprise they're, kind of, they're trying to conceal. That's what I'm um, saying. Yeah. But uh, not his face configuration. Like, his face has already been fucked up by the car accident. <laughs> Between the uh, some four yeah. and five, what um, um? So it's Adam Driver's the bad guy, right? Right, right. And we're not going to see his face. He's going to be behind that mask the whole time. Yeah, there'll be some reveal, I'm sure. I, actually, I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe they won't be. It's, and what it's, about? It seems, uh, like a, it seems like a waste of of Adam Driver's like, you know, weird ass face to not show it. What about uh, Lupita Nyong'o and uh, what's her name from from? Um, Game of Thrones, Gwendolyn Christie. I haven't seen them in the previews. Uh, who's Gwendolyn Christie again? Who's she playing in Game of Thrones? Brienne of Tarth. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't seen her. 
Um, I mean, it's weird because Lupita Nyong'o, we've only seen her in her CGI stuff. Oh, Not, she's, a, she's, a, she's a CGI character. We won't recognize her. You know, so maybe, we, maybe we've seen her already. We don't know. That's right. Um, you know, there was speculation that the, the, Leia was going to be like an evil Jedi in this, which is obviously not happening. That did not happen. No, that, that they, Han and Leia seemed like they were pretty close together. That seems, that seems all is right with that world, so to speak. And that's their kid is the, the, the main character, the woman? Uh, it's not entirely clear, actually. But somebody's it's, a Skywalker, right? Yes, uh, I think um, Donald Gleason. Uh, Donald Gleason, excuse me, I always, I always pronounce his name wrong. Oh, he's in it too. We haven't seen him at all. Haven't seen him at all, and he almost certainly is Luke Skywalker's son. It's not been con- 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 confirmed, but to show my nerd cred here, uh, uh, Luke Skywalker on the future story is, marries somebody named Mara Jade, who's red-haired. So it would make sense that this red-haired guy is uh, Luke Skywalker's son. Whoa, Pat. Yep. Pat, did yep. you read the new novel? No, I haven't read, I haven't read any novels since the uh, original Tim- Timothy Zahn trilogy. Why wouldn't you read the new novel? It's supposed to reset the whole universe. I'll watch the movie, and, and then maybe I'll go back to the book. If, I, if, if, I'm, if the movie you know, justifies believing again. <laughs> so are you, Pat, do you think you will believe again after watching the movie? I, I don't know. I've been so disappointed before. I, I, the, the first couple of previews really got me psyched. This one, I think you're right. I, I, I enjoyed it, but I really, really disliked the, the, the tone, the music. It was very un-Star Wars. I mean, look, the second preview was my favorite one, I think. Yes. Which was the long pan across the desert. That's also very un-Star Wars, right? In terms of like, well, not entirely. The opening shot of Star Wars was this long pan, right? Yes. But it was this long pan with silence, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And this, this, this narrative voiceover is very, that's not how Star Wars kind of is told and works. So, uh, yeah. So I, but still, I still got the chills because it was like, it was just really cool and well done. So I, I'm, I'm open to Star Wars being done differently and working because, you know, whatever. George Lucas already ruined it. So <laughs> it needs to be reinvented. Um, oh, Dad, did, you, did you say you'll take Arthur to see it? Yes, not 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 for my first screening. I'm gonna watch it myself because I don't want to have to deal with Arthur in the middle of my f- first Star Wars movie in in like ten years. What's he gonna do? What do you mean during the, during my first screening? No, or? no, 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 no. I know. I understand. Like, I understand what you're saying, but what are you worried about him doing during it? Like, having oh, to just, the bathroom just, or something? Yeah, complaining, talking, uh, uh, saying complaining. He, oh yeah, he'll complain. Four year olds complain about fucking anything at any time. They can be told to sit through Star time. Wars without complaining. Yes. Oh, geez, the kids today. That's terrible. Uh, you know, but like, I would have much more patience for it if I've seen it before. Oh, for sure. Then I, I sit with them, and then it's like, you know, oh yeah, we'll go get, we'll get this, we'll get this, we'll come back, and I'll talk them through it because I like to talk them through stuff. But the, the big, the big thing coming up, Maddie, the big thing is uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm coming home to Cleveland for Thanksgiving. So, anyways, in Cleveland, uh, uh, yeah. Um, I am going to show him Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi for the first time. Oh, that's right. He doesn't really know who Luke Skywalker's father is. He What's has that an idea. Uh, we'll see. Uh, he, he has an idea. I mean, you know, when he was before he was old enough to really understand more than like you know ten words. I used to read him 
Darth Vader and Son, this fantastic children's book which depicts uh, Darth Vader raising his son, Luke Skywalker. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but then eventually he started to like understand too much, so I stopped reading it to him. Uh, and I, you know, I tried to hide the book. Uh, actually, I eventually gave it away to a friend of mine. Uh, and then somebody else literally bought the book and sent it to me in the mail saying, Pat, I saw this book. It's perfect for you. I was like, God damn it. I was trying to get rid of this book. <laughs> so I stuck that thing in, the, in, the, in my you know, uh, uh, underwear drawer uh, to hide from him. Um, but no, so you know, my whole goal is to, is to really give him, like, now that you can understand kind of plots and understand storylines, I, I want to reveal Darth Vader as uh, Luke Skywalker's father and just to capture that moment on, on video. Sure. Um, there's, he knows with, a lot. He knows a lot, but it's fun. It's fun how well Lucas films has been about like not being clear about who dying the connection between you know Luke and Anakin. You think, oh, this this great good guy from you know from the Clone Wars the cartoons. That that's what mostly the kids are watching. This good guy Anakin is Luke's father. That's awesome. So it kind of fits with the, the storyline of four, five, and six. Right. So, you know, it, 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 it's, it's sort of cemented a little bit. I don't think he fully gets it. But then saying, again, you know, a bunch of kids will tell him all the time that Darth Vader is Luke's father. So for all I know, that's sunk in and he, he already knows. But from what he says, he doesn't know. We'll see. That's exciting, Patty. That's very exciting. So, Maddie, we'll see what the, uh, our, our friend Rob thinks about that little last bit. Uh, Rob has been pushing us to do a little more pop culture discussions. Well, let's so, see how it goes over with the people, and maybe let, we'll let's it. let's see how you'll feel about this uh, Star Wars rant. Uh, I'm sure some will not like it, but uh, we'll see. I, I'm excited. It was a good one, Patty. Hey, uh, I said that does. I, I think I said that does it for the uh, Cleveland Sports Hour. You? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good. Uh, the Browns have St. Louis next week, as we talked about. Uh, uh, good, Jesus Christ, it's going to be – I mean, like, their offense sucks. So that's good. Uh, but on the other side, on the other hand, our, our defense sucks. So um, another toss-up. Uh, but more importantly, next week, next week calf season begins, um, and we will have a big uh, uh, Cavs preview, which will probably lead off the podcast. Uh, so whatever happens in the Browns game, it'll have to be something epic for the Browns to beat out the Cavs season preview next week. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that does it for us. Uh, until next time, this is Manny and Patty saying, Friendship. Oh, all right. Nailed it, Matty. Nice work, work, buddy. All right. See you next week. Talk to you.